Hello, and welcome to uh, Pod for the Course. Uh, I'm Tom Kay, the Senior Director of Communications for Washington Golf. Uh, today, we have with us Jeff Simons, the Director of Operations for Bandon Dunes Golf Resort down there on the Southern Oregon coast. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. So, uh, Director of Operations, now I knew you when you were the Director of Golf. Uh, that's when I first met you. When did you become Director of Operations, and how does this change for you and what you're doing down there at the resort? It's been a couple of years now that uh, I, since I moved into the Director of Operations role, and mm-hmm. a lot of what I do is is the same. Um, you know, ultimately, it's making sure our guests that come to Bannon Dunes have the best experience possible and as the resort has continued to expand and evolve, mm-hmm. so have a lot of the roles of different staff members here. So uh, as you know from your, your visits down here, we've got so many great people that have been here for a long, long time, and one of the things that we've been able to do is continue to uh, grow and, and evolve uh, positions for, for people as well. And so uh, mm-hmm. I was able to take on a little bit more responsibility and and get a little bit uh, extended beyond just the golf and, and kind of touch on the overall operation as a whole. Yeah. How long have you been at the resorts in total, Jeff? I started back in 2004. Okay. So well, it's been a while. Uh, I'm now consider myself an Oregonian, having come over from Idaho. So. Okay. Nice. All right. Um, well, it's been a very interesting year, I think, uh, for everyone, and particularly for uh, golf courses and particularly for resorts. Um, I know then in the state of Oregon, uh, golf courses uh, did not need to shut down during the, the recent lockdown uh, period, but uh, Bandon Dunes chose to shut down the golf courses, and I think there are probably other issues involved other than just the golf courses, uh, but you did make that big step to do that, yes? We did. It was uh, in, in March when we decided to to have a temporary closure, and we reopened in May 11th. And and what we were really looking for was, um, you know, knowing that our our guests that come and visit Banna Dunes are coming from all over uh, the United States, and we wanted to make sure that as you know, everyone around the country was starting to see uh, COVID-19 and the the pandemic kind of spread across the country. We wanted to be able to hit pause essentially, and really you know, get as firm of a understanding as we could and make sure that we were doing our part with the state of Oregon to make sure that we could, you know, help kind of flatten the curve and, and, and keep people safe. And that was our staff members, our caddies, but also our guests and our, our communities because mm-hmm. we've got 650 staff members and 300 caddies, and at the end of the day we all go home and, and interact with our community. And so we wanted to make sure that we were doing everything we can and, we wanted to be able to go through our operations and, you know, all the different aspects of the resort and make sure that, you know, we could look at the different touch points and, and make sure that we were protecting the, the health and safety of everyone. And mm-hmm. uh, during the yeah. six-week closure, we put together a very comprehensive plan, and uh, we're excited to reopen on May 11th and uh, welcome people back to the resort. And um we were really close to the same kind of time where Oregon entered phase one. It was uh, the first couple of days were, were different. It was still grab-and-go meals and whatnot when we reopened. Mm-hmm. But by the time we got to Friday the 15th, Coos County had been in phase one, and we were able to get people back in the restaurants, you know, obviously mm-hmm. in a limited fashion. But, um, you know, from where we are today, it, it's very much – 
kind of your your typical band and dunes experience with just a, a little bit of enhanced uh, cleaning and sanitation and staff wearing um, masks and gloves in certain areas and, mm-hmm. and social distancing going on. So yeah. we still come to Band of Dunes and have an absolutely wonderful time. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just asking you to be a little bit more socially responsible with with kind of all the different parts to it. Sure. Did you change uh, tea time uh, separation to time and tea times uh, further apart, or did you do anything with that? We did not change the frequency of our tee times. We're at 10-minute mm-hmm. tee time intervals. You know, the, the golf courses were mainly impacted from a, um, flag sticks staying in the holes. We've got the little foam stoppers inside of the cups, mm-hmm. uh, away rakes from the, the bunkering. And then golf shops, we limited the number of people that could be in the, the golf shops at one time. And, again, mm-hmm. all of our guests have been fantastic at making sure that they – uh, we're doing their part to help out, and mm-hmm. uh, you know one of the beauties of being on a you know 2,500 plus acre golf resort with now five 18-hole golf courses is there's a lot of natural social distancing happening just from from tee times and and space and you know sure. people being able to play golf from 7 a.m. till 9 p.m. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's not that we're seeing. Uh, Lots of people in, in small confined spaces. They're spread out over a, a big area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, how does this affect uh, the, the caddy and their role in uh, serving your guests? We were, um, you know, being Bannon Dunes Golf Resort, where we don't have golf carts and and walking is such a fundamental part, and that the caddy experience is really something that our guests enjoy. You know, we've got guests that come every year, and they request the same caddies. And, you know, the caddy is there to help them out with their golf, but also has kind of developed that relationship and a bond that, you know, their their buddies checking in with each other and having a great time. And, mm-hmm. you know, our biggest thing is we wanted to make sure our guests were comfortable with the caddy experience, and we mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that the caddies were comfortable as well. So mm-hmm. our caddies have masks on, and, and most of them are wearing gloves as well. Mm-hmm. And from there, we, we just – it would be open communication and dialogue with the guest from – you know, do you want the caddy carrying your bag or putting it on a push cart? Do you want the caddy handing you a club or just having conversation from, you know, that, that social distancing of six feet, letting you know what the yardage is, what the wind is doing, how to play the shot, and then the player can pull the club. Yeah. And we've got, you know, guests doing a little bit of of, of many of the different options. And mm-hmm. uh, we've been able to get the caddies out on the golf course who were able to meet the expectations of our guests by them having that caddy experience. And yeah. it's uh, it's worked out great. Yeah, good. Uh, I know this has uh, been a big year, planned year, for Abandoned Dunes Resort uh, 2020. Uh, first of all, with the opening of Sheep Ranch, the an- very anticipated opening of Sheep Ranch on June 1st. And we are now June 11th at the moment. And so uh, you're 11 days into this. How's it going? Well, the, the Sheep Ranch has been... A wonderful addition to to Bannon Dunes Golf Resort, and uh, you know, obviously, it's easy to to listen to our guests and they say they love the place and think, oh, of course, it was a great addition. But uh, again, as you open up a new golf course and you you put Sheep Ranch in competition with the other four we have, you know, you want to make sure that it lives up to the hype. And uh, when Bannon Dunes opened in 1999, it was an absolutely unknown golf course opening up. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, as we've spread across the years, each new golf course opened with, you know, a little bit more publicity and a little bit more press. And Sheep Branch is the first time we've had social media in our lives when we've opened mm-hmm. a golf course. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it was, it was, you know, about as much followed of a golf course opening as, as we've seen and witnessed in the last couple of years. And, mm-hmm. you know, we we knew the expectations that people would have for it. And, you know, with the the closure uh, that we went into, you know, we basically had three weeks from when we opened the resort back up to when we were opening Sheep Ranch. And there was a lot of work and a lot of things that happened. And, you know, certain supply chains were slowed down a little bit during the uh, the early onset of COVID-19. And um, the end result was a fantastic golf course opening regardless. So we were able to have a a full tee sheet. We had golf starting at 6.20 in the morning where mm-hmm. Mick Peters, who has uh, hit the first tee shot and been the first group out at all five 18-hole golf courses, mm-hmm. plus Band and Preserve, plus Punch Bowl. So we've been able to carry on that tradition for 21 years, and it was wonderful to see him and his family up there. How, how uh, did that How did that come to be with him him getting him doing that? What, what you know, the, in 1999, when... Uh, he, he's a he's a local barber. He and his son uh, own and operate mixed hair surgeons. But um, ultimately, Shu back in the day when he was, you know, employee number two and mm-hmm. and uh, kind of going about, he basically had, was getting his hair cut and talked to Mick and you know said, hey, we got new golf course opening. And Mick said, oh great, you know, are there any tee times left? And Shu says, actually, mm-hmm. yeah, the first tee times open. <laughs> So he said, great, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, certainly at that time, I don't think he knew what kind of celebrity he'd become and how envious yeah. golfers all across <laughs> the world would be that, yeah. you know, when, when we're getting ready to open something, we, yeah. we let him know and, and say, hey, you're ready to do it again. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Nice. I also know it was something of a tradition that uh, Mr. Kaiser himself, Mike Kaiser, would uh, be there on the first tee greeting the golfers on the opening of one of his courses. Was he there? Uh, Mike was not able to make it this year, but we had a, a full first tee. Uh, Chris mm-hmm. Kaiser, who is Mike's oh, youngest son and yep. very actively involved with the resort, was there on the first tee. Phil Friedman, mm-hmm. who's the co-owner of yeah. Sheep Ranch, was there along with us. Mm-hmm. And Bill Core was able to make it out. And so, oh, nice. uh, you know, we had opportunities for people to have conversation with them. We had the opening day coins that we gave out, opening day scorecards mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. that are all kind of modeled in the same tradition that we started 21 years ago so mm-hmm. it was a, a a wonderful day the sun was out shining we had our, our typical summer abandoned day you know the wind got up to about 20 and uh <laughs> yeah. you know it was just beautiful and one of the unique things about sheep ranch or one of the many unique things is when you're at the clubhouse you can see all the way out to the ocean right away so it's kind mm-hmm. of perched up on top mm-hmm. and the golf course is all underneath you so you can see right away that it's a very special site and then you get out there and you realize you've got a, a mile of coastline uh, golf course that you, you've got nine greens on. So, uh, you know, group after group were coming off with, you know, big grins on their face and yeah. uh, just very complimentary of the golf and the experience. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it was one of those things that we're, it was, it was so great to have Phil Friedman there who has, been a part of Sheep Ranch for 20 years. 
ultimately give up from the the cross country golf and very intimate uh, drop a ball, pick a hole routing that it's been for the last 20 years to mm-hmm. seeing what resort golf uh, happens on it. Yeah. So did I hear you mention there's already a clubhouse there at Sheep Ranch? We do. Right? We, uh, it's uh, very similar to the old McDonald clubhouse, roughly twice okay. the size, mm-hmm. but it's just uh, you know kind of a very uh, understated and modest, similar to mm-hmm. our our other clubhouses around the resort, but um, just beautiful architecture, beautiful views, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of a, a great spot. We're still finishing up a, a fireplace and uh, outdoor patio there, mm-hmm. and we're uh, you know roughly a month away from people being able to uh, enjoy that beer out there in a wind-protected area and uh, watch the sunset and golfers finish. Nice. Um, the other big uh, event for uh, the resort, uh, Jeff, of course, is the U.S. Amateur, going to be held there in early August. And I know there was some question that it was that it might not be held at all, and I'm, I'll bet there was a, a big sigh of relief and uh, and uh, joy that uh, the announcement came out from the USJ that, yes, it indeed will be held. Yeah, it was uh, May of 2015 when, when we signed the contract with the USGA and were granted the 2020 U.S. Amateur. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, you know, it's been a major part uh, of our operation for five-plus years now, and mm-hmm. uh, something I've been working on quite a bit for the last uh, two years. And mm-hmm. so uh, as as the NBA shut down at the kind of the first COVID uh situation happening and then all other major sports following it right away you know we were actually having a usj site visit here during that time and uh the, the hard part is basically all of the plans that we had had uh we've had to scrap and uh basically you're starting over this week and uh it was right around may uh 9th or 10th when the governor uh, of oregon um made the uh, the announcement that uh, no live sporting event through the end of September. So we had to make a lot of different adjustments and changes. And uh, with the state never actually closing golf, that was certainly uh, something that was in our favor. And mm-hmm. uh, what we've had to end up doing is basically taking it from a, a live sporting event to uh, just a, a golf day. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we just recently had to announce that it'll be – no fans, no spectators around the championship. Mm-hmm. We had 700-plus uh, volunteers that had signed up to help, and it was just going to be uh, an incredible part of the championship, and we had to mm-hmm. let them know that we wouldn't be able to have them here on site mm-hmm. helping the championship. So it'll mm-hmm. be a little bit different, but you know what we're really excited about is uh, being one of the four USGA championships that happened this year. Yeah. So it'll be the women's amateur, the U.S. amateur at Bannon Dunes, the U.S. Open, and the women's open. Mm-hmm. And yep. uh, you know, as as you mentioned, 2020 has been a different year, but to be able to still have these four championships in the U.S. amateur at Bannon Dunes is is something we're really excited about. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it's pretty special. People will be able to follow along on on TV. You know, Fox does a great job on the broadcast, and so it it will still be televised. Yes. It'll be televised. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I know that uh, some of the, uh, not some of the, but all of the qualifying to get into the amateur was canceled, uh, which is unfortunate because you've got a ton of really good players there at the resort. 
some of the members, but also a lot of the caddies were, were really good players and uh, looking forward to get, trying to get in there. So that was a little unfortunate, but uh, they're still going to be out there probably uh, working a little bit. Yeah, you know, we've uh, we've hosted six previous USGA championships, and every single winner has had a Band of Dunes caddy on their bag. Oh, nice. Uh, so we're expecting that the U.S. Amateur will be very much the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, not having the qualifying sites happen all around the country, and and uh, you know we're bummed from that, both from the championship, but we were also going to be one of the qualifying sites. So we had mm-hmm. Old McDonald set up, and mm-hmm. uh, that certainly would have given a home field advantage to many of the great players down here on the South Coast to be able to mm-hmm. play at Old McDonald and compete for qualifying spots. So yeah, uh, yeah, it is a bummer that 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 person that you know, gets hot at the right time or can kind of put together a great 36-hole stretch and, and work themselves into the U.S. Amateur Championship is not going to be able to happen this year. But on the plus side, you know, we'll likely see the strongest U.S. Amateur field ever assembled. Yeah. Um, and looking forward to hearing how the, the USGA kind of puts together their qualifying criteria. Right. It's through exemptions. Is that correct? Yeah, there's... You know, through all of our different dialogue and conversations, you know, there's so many different um, ways and things they're looking at to try and, and you know, make it the uh, most fair and most, uh, um, I guess, official way of putting together a, a U.S. amateur field and uh, and the other fields as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of it will work on amateur world golf rankings and then those exemptions that occur from, you know, past finishes and and where they've been in previous USGA championships. So Mm -hmm. not sure what that final formula looks like. And, you know, we're probably only a couple of weeks away from hearing it. Yeah. So uh, tell me again, uh, Jeff, what two courses are going to be utilized in the U.S. Amateur, one with stroke play qualifying course and also the match play course? So Bandon Dunes will be the the main host, and then Bandon Trails will serve as the stroke play companion course. So okay. we'll have 36 holes of qualifying on Bannon Dunes and Bannon Trails. Mm-hmm. And then once the, the cut is made after uh, Tuesday's final round, beginning on Wednesday, August 12th, all play will be at Bannon Dunes. And that will okay. be where the match play happens. And, okay. uh, you know, we can't wait for the matches to get underway knowing, you know, as, as players get kind of that 14, 15, 16, 17 area at Bannon Dunes, you just have some fantastic match play holes where you can really kind of throw the risk reward in there, and mm-hmm. uh, we'll see how players choose to to try and either uh, come back from a deficit or hold on for the win. Yeah, um, Jeff, I, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, this afternoon to do this. And uh, again, I know it's been an interesting year and an unusual year for everyone, and particularly in the golf industry. And uh, with so much going on at the resort, with the uh, Sheep Ranch opening of the U.S. Amateur coming, I know that uh, a lot of people have been keeping the tabs, close tabs on what's going on down there. So Jeff Simons, Director of Operations at Bandanoon Golf Resort, uh, appreciate you taking the time, Jeff. Absolutely, Tom. Thank you for the call. Yeah, thanks again. Bye-bye.